Thanks. Would you pray with me right now? Please bow your heads. Lord, give us ears this morning to hear what you want us to hear. Eyes to see and a heart to receive what you have personally planned for each one of us this morning. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, I'm not here as a preacher, in case some of you thought I was. I'm not replacing the preacher. I couldn't do that. So I'm here as an encourager to you this morning. I have some things that I really um, am excited about sharing. I want to tell you that my, my message started out three weeks ago completely different than what I'm sharing this morning. Because I thought, I was, I've been watching people, and I can identify those that really know the Lord. I mean really know the Lord. Regardless of the circumstances, they know who he is, and their faces shine with his glory. And I'm not joking. Now, for many of us, we shine differently, but I know there's shine in your face when you know the Lord. No question about it. Um, I'm just going to run over very quickly. If you've missed the last three weeks, I am so sorry for you because I feel like pastor's messages have been phenomenal. And he's been talking on embracing greatness. And if you need to, you can go back on. What What is it, you guys? Um, sermon? Dot net, right? You can, yeah, I have that on my phone, and when I'm not here, I listen to his sermons because I love to hear him preach because I know he lives it. Um, so I'm just going to go back and touch on just a couple of things, from, just actually one thing from each of his messages. The first one, um, he wanted to encourage us to ask ourselves this question, and I felt this was a phenomenal way that he put it. Is there a disconnect between how you believe, how great God is that you believe in the Bible? the Bible God, you know, that we read about, how great that God is and how great God is in your life. Because unfortunately, I see many times that that's not a reality. You know how great God is. You know he does amazing things, but maybe not necessarily in my life. That breaks my heart. Um, but I love the scripture they shared from Mark 21, 23. Um, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. It was a man who had a very, very ill son. You probably remember this if you're here. Um, and he, this, this father came to Jesus and he said, Oh, Jesus, have mercy on us. If you can, would you heal my son? Now, I tell you what, this is my paraphrase, but I'm sure Jesus went something like, If I can? Are you kidding me? If I can? Do you know who I am? Now, it doesn't say it that way, but that's how I hear it, okay? Um, that's how... We know that man didn't know Jesus at that time because he didn't realize the power that Jesus had within him. Um, the second message was on the greatness of how mighty God is to save. Um, the message focused on a great Savior. He gave some examples through that text about um, all the many people throughout the Bible that he saved. Um, the man that was possessed by that legion of demons. Remember, he threw all those demons into the pigs. Yeah. Then the sinful woman who poured the perfume on his feet, he had saved her soul. Then Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who wasn't really appreciated by most people. And then most amazing to me was the salvation of Saul, the persecutor of Christians. He um, was converted by the love of Jesus right in his face. God didn't let him slip away. And <laughs> what um, he said was, Paul, come to me. I have better work for you to do. And Paul ends up writing 14 of the 27 books in the New Testament. How many of you knew that? 14 of them. That's a major salvation message, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And um, the last 
well, one of the last points he made was that that kind of a gift, that gift of salvation, is for every single one of us. Now, I know there may be people here today that don't know that salvation, but I guarantee you it's a gift, and it's to every one of us, available to every one of us. Um, the part that I appreciate so much, well, we have a rocky thing here, sorry. Um, the the part that I appreciate most about that message was he said, um, it's a free gift to us. However, keep that word in mind. However, he will never override our own personal will. We must make a choice to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior um, and continue to walk in that knowledge or um, not. And what that determines is if you live a great life or not. Now, I know for a fact that um, Susie talking about how long I've known her. Oh, we were so young and skinny, weren't we? <laughs> we were next door neighbors and I loved it. She was such an amazing encouragement to me. And um, I'm so thankful that we've had that time together. But if you want a great life, claim that message of the Savior for yourself. The third message was embracing the counselor, which is the Holy Spirit. And last week, it was probably my favorite message. How many of you today, because of last week's message, watched the Ryder Cup? Besides Dan and I. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> I could have cared less. I didn't even know the Ryder Cup, what it was. <laughs> but I, tur- I was up really early this morning. I turned the TV on just to relax a little bit. And the Ryder Cup was on. And I tell you what, because the pastor's message, I was focused. And let me explain that to you. He talked about the different coaches um, in our lives. He talked about the tennis coach which that coach has to sit in his hands, so to speak, and he cannot give even the slightest twinge or encouragement to the tennis player, not during the match and not even during warm-up. He has to sit in his hands. So really the coaching is at a distance. The second one was a basketball coach, and he calls out from the sidelines during the game, calls out whatever plays he wants, and sometimes in your face, at timeouts. And I know about that because Steve was an amazing athlete. And I'm telling you that because I was his cheerleader, literally. And you know what? I saw his face get yelled at a few times on the sidelines. So I know that's how they work. But my favorite coach was the golf coach. I had no idea. The golf coach is the caddy. Now, maybe you knew this, Daniel, but I didn't know that. I, oh, you didn't know that too. Okay, well, um, I didn't realize how important that caddy was, but boy, I watched it close today. I'm not kidding you. The the golf coach, let me explain what he does. Throughout the entire competition, they carry the gear. That's a big plus. But they're never more than maybe a step or two away from the actual player. They're that close to them. Um, They're always observing, and they're giving continuous feedback, offering situational, appropriate recommendations. He is like a coach that we want in our lives. And guess what? We have that coach. It's known as the Holy Spirit. Uh, The main verse that he used was, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. You see, we live in a world, I know Susie's talked about this a little bit this morning, but we live in a world where we are constantly being bombarded by people that think they're encouraging us when really they're not. They're not good coaches for us, but the Holy Spirit promises to be the best coach for us. Um, I see him as a life coach. Anybody here? Can you get through life without him? Oh, I tell you what, what a difference he's made in my life. And that's where I want to pick up today. I chose to look up on the Internet because I kept couldn't get this thought out of my mind about living the great life. 
You want to live a great life? Raise your hand. Do you want to live a great life? Oh, I'm sorry for those of you that don't. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, hopefully this will change things today. Okay? I hope so. But I want to tell you, I looked up on the Internet. What does it mean to be a great, um, to have a great life? I want to encourage you to be careful. I had no idea, no idea, um, how many different ideas there were on how to get to a great life. (laughs) I was amazed at the different ways people approach it. And I do want to tell you to make sure you're careful because I'm not sure all those ways were legal and definitely not beneficial. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying. For each of us, a great life may look a little bit different. Um, but there are some basics that God kept bringing me back to over and over. There are faces in this congregation right now that he brought to me over and over and over again. And I thought, oh, I see where you're leading me, Lord. So I want you to sit up and pay attention, please, because these are words I believe from the Lord. I decided to look at my own life because if I tell you I am living the great life, would you believe me? Oh, I'm living the great life. Not because um, of having great circumstances, but I decided to look at my life because um, I've had a very difficult life. But I will stand here today with confidence to tell you I'm living the great life. Many of you already know I was seriously abused as a child from the age of 2 to 13. I had a miscarriage at 13, um, which was devastating. I mean, I was thankful. Then I was assaulted as an adult. Um, then I had two children that were born with very, very serious birth defects. Praise God, they've overcome those. But that was a really tough time for me. Then I had many years of surgery. I'm talking about circumstances here. 23 major surgeries in 40 years. That works out to a little more than every two years. And then I was burdened kind of, sort of, with chronic pain for over 34 years. And I'm talking nerve pain, which is the worst. And um, there's so much more that I would tell you, but only if you ask me privately, because we're in a mixed group and you probably don't want to know the nitty-gritty, okay? But I'm telling you, there were a lot of really bad circumstances that came into my life. Um, the point being that life Hasn't been easy, to say the least. I share this so that you might understand that my circumstances and your circumstances do not have control or cannot keep me from experiencing a great life. How many of you believe that? I'm telling you what, it's the truth. Regardless of what your circumstances are, God has a word for you. And he can bring you peace and joy and comfort. And he's your life coach with you all the time. He knows everything that each one of us are going through. To get to this place, there are some things that I chose to do um, that are available to each one of us today. The first being, many years ago, 20 years old, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Now, don't look at me and try to figure out how many years that's been. It's been a lot, 42 to be exact. Um, in Deuteronomy 4.29, God gives us the word that if you seek him, if you seek him with all your heart and soul, you'll find him. Unfortunately, I know for a fact that there are many of you today who are not seeking him. And you don't really know who God is. And that's what keeps you from having a great life. <clears throat> um, 
that acceptance of Jesus Christ as my Savior opened my life up to unbelievable possibilities. When we accept Jesus Christ, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if all of you know that, but we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit immediately. He becomes our counselor. The Holy Spirit lights up inside of us a spark that creates within us a desire to go to church. I'm telling you what, before I knew Jesus Christ personally, uh, we would stay out and party all Saturday night, Steve and I. We did. And then we'd get up in the morning and drag ourselves to church because we've told you before, Steve's mom was dying of cancer. And I wanted to do anything I could to make her happy with me because I wanted to marry her son. (laughs) So I went to church. (laughs) But once I received Jesus, I wanted to go to church. I couldn't wait to get there. I couldn't wait to open my Bible. And he does that. He creates a desire to grow closer and closer to the Lord unless, oh, please pay attention, unless we choose to ignore it. And many of you and many of us, at times, not always, but at times, choose to ignore what God is saying to us. That breaks my heart. Seriously. Because you're robbing yourself from a great life. Oh my gosh. Something I know and have experienced that is that no one can change your life. I've said this to the ladies meeting one night and I say it to this day. There is nobody that you can bring into your life that will change your life for the better than God. He has a way to get in there and do the coaching that we need to make our lives great. But even God will not completely change your life until you choose to accept what his word has to say by faith and then apply it. And that's sometimes where we get into rough water. Oh, geez. Yeah, I read that. But do I really have to apply that in my life? Because sometimes he gives a word to me that's really convicting. And I kind of want to brush it to the side. When there's something in my life that, you know, it's just kind of too hard to deal with. Eh, I'll skip over to the next verse. That's not how we win. A great life. Um, I'm sticking to my notes because if you all know, we joke about my seeing squirrels or butterflies or birds and I get distracted. So (laughs) I'm trying to stay close to my notes so I don't do that this morning because I feel like God has something really important to share with us. To me, there's nothing more exciting, and I really, really mean this, other than seeing my husband's face tonight. Well, no, that doesn't count. Okay. Nothing more exciting than when I'm reading God's word and then I realize he is saying it right to me. Right to me. That happens when I read scripture. It happens when um, I come to church and hear great preaching or I hear it on TV or on the radio. Um Listening to Christian music. How many can be ministered to by listening to great music? Christian music. I have to tell you, I know the people that write this music know my God because they couldn't write what they write and we wouldn't be able to sing what we sing if they didn't know the God that I know. Couldn't do it. Um, and then there are Bible studies. There are Bible studies you can do online, which are great. But I'm telling you, we offer Bible studies right here that are amazing. I had to miss one last week, and I was devastated because it's such a great Bible study. I am loved. Is that the name of it, Jana? I am loved. Oh, my goodness. You have no idea what a great study that is, but I'm just really proud. We've had several, and I'm so proud of the women that have been teaching the ladies' Bible study, and Barb and Jerry, too, and many others. Um, But the point that I want to make 
is that you and I have to take personal responsibility for our own growth. I can't, I can't give you what I have. I'd love to. And I share and I like to encourage people because I know what God can do in your life. But I can't make it happen for you as much. I have people in my life, I like to cram it down their throat because they're living miserably. And I want to say, stop it. Don't you understand what God has for you? But they don't. But if you take personal responsibility and you dig into God's word and you listen to good preaching and you apply it to your life, and I mean applying is the key, um, it will change your life forever. Guaranteed. I guarantee that to you. Guaranteed. There's something that got my attention many, many years ago, and this is an important point that I want to share with everybody here today. It's called, well, it's something that God um, created us with. And did you know you use it every single day of your life? Every single day you use it, all day long. It's called your reticular activating system. Now, I don't know. Um, where's Robin? Do you know about that, Robin? Where are you? There you Oh, there you are. She's the front row. <laughs> Do you know about that? She's a physician's assistant. It's a part of your brain. It's kind of in the center of your brain. And it's called the reticular activating system. Let me explain what it does. Um, and I'm just going to refer to it as RAS because it's just a really long thing to say. So RAS brings relevant information to our attention, acting like a filter between our conscious life, what we're aware of, and our subconscious mind. Now, we use it every day. We just don't know it. Um, let me read what this has to say about it. Um, you can keep this in mind. Keep This is the important point. You, yourself can program your reticular activating system. You can do it. Let me explain. Some ways of doing this are through saying affirmations and visualizing your goals in positive ways. It gets used a lot if you go to any kind of um, seminars where, you know, their goal-setting seminars are there. I, I, Dan Omer, I know for a fact, I started telling that this morning, he uses this all the time in the most positive way. That's why he's where he is today in many different areas of his life. I know that. Um, you visualize your goals in positive ways. What is needed is the creation of a very specific picture. You have to create this picture um, of your goal in your conscious mind. Set a goal. My goal here today is to help you understand how to live a great life, okay? Um, it passes information um, to your subconscious, which will then help achieve the goal, which is a great life. It does this by bringing our attention to all the relevant information, which otherwise might just seem like background noise. Does that make sense to you? Let me explain. I'll give a couple examples, okay? Um this is the way, now it works both good in your life and it can work bad in your life. Do you understand that? It works either way, but you're the one that chooses how it works in your life. Um, a good example is if I say, or if you say to yourself, oh, I love my husband, that part of your brain will find absolutely every single reason why you love your husband. I know, because it works. Because there was a time I didn't love him so much. <laughs> and I realized it was my thinking that had to change. Because he didn't change. I had to in my thinking. Um, I love being a great mom. My children are a gift from God. Even though they stress me out at times. 
and cause difficult circumstances in my life. I love being a mom. Oh, my goodness. And my reticular activating system points out to me all the different ways that I love being a mom. And it reinforces that, that thought. And you could say I love my work or anything else in life. That can be a positive thing. We go to school, high school, elementary, high school, college, and use this reticular activating system by the way they pour information into us. And if you're focused on a certain, um, um, what do you call it, you guys? Major! Who said that? Thank you for saving my life. Um, if you're focused on a certain major, they will pour more and more and more into your mind, helping you to focus on that major. Okay? It will find ways to support your subconscious thoughts in every way possible. Unfortunately, please pay attention to this part. Unfortunately, it can work for the negative in your life. I see this in so many people and it kills me because they don't even know they're doing it to themselves. And I have someone in my life that um, has repeated to me over and over again, oh, my husband is so lazy because he doesn't do everything she wants him to do. And I'm in her face about that, trust me. Because guess what her particular activating system does. It shows her every day how lazy that husband is. It tries to support what you put in your mind and make you believe what may not be true. But if you put it there, I have a miserable life. I have a miserable life because of circumstances, for example. It will find every way possible to support the fact that you do have a miserable life. People do it all the time. They don't even know they're doing it. (sighs) There's scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, where we're told to take every single thought that we have captive. Do you know what that means? When I put those negative thoughts in my mind, God knew he created us with this system. He knew it. And so when he says, you take every thought that you have captive, don't let it just run around loose in there. Sometimes we live our life in a reactionary mode, which is kind of sad. Because if you have bad circumstances in your life and all you're doing is reacting to them, it robs you from that great life. But if you, in your mind, choose to um, take those thoughts captive and get rid of them and exchange. Now, you can't just get rid of them and have an empty brain. It doesn't work that way. I've been accused of it, but it doesn't work that way. Um, But when he says take every thought captive, you don't just take it captive. You replace it with a positive. And God's word is full of everything you can imagine that you might need in life. A good way, and I know you've probably done this before, but we, we bought a few years ago a Lincoln MKZ. Used, of course, but been a great car for us. Before we purchased that car, I didn't even know they made MKZs. I didn't even know what they were. Never saw one. Never saw one. After we purchased that car, and I had a clear vision of what that car looked like, which I never did before, I see them everywhere. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? You've experienced that. Um, I still do it to this day. I didn't have any reason to notice them before. Now they're in my subconscious. They've been put there because I visually, in my conscious mind, saw it. So it's been put there. Okay? They were always around. I just never noticed them. Um, 
How this works in our spiritual life is what I want to point you to today. That's my most important point. Is how this system in our brain works in your life and in my life spiritually. Um, during very difficult times in my life, when I, I spent two years in bed a few years ago, and I'm telling you what, it was a really tough time for me. I had such intense pain, and I had back surgery and shoulder surgery, and it was one right after the other, and I felt so isolated, and I felt so alone. You ever been there? You feel like, God, where are you? I recited a portion of scripture, and I've always said this to people, as much suffering, physical suffering, and mental anguish as I've had in my life, there's a scripture for that. And I found this scripture, It's but we have to look for them. I found this scripture in Joshua, chapter 1, verse 5. And it said, and I make it personal when I read scripture. And it said, Diana, I will never leave you. Remember, I'm feeling isolated. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. I promise you that. Please, Diana, be strong and be courageous. That scripture encouraged me so much because there were times that I really honestly didn't think I could go on, really sincerely, because the pain was so bad. But when I heard him say, Diana, be strong and be courageous, you can do this, it kept me from giving up. And it can for you too. When you are in circumstances that are difficult, you may even believe that those circumstances are robbing you from having a great life, then you have a responsibility. And that is that you search God's word for answers. It may not even change your circumstances, and sometimes that's okay. We kind of wish it would, but sometimes it doesn't. But he has words for you that bring comfort and peace and joy in your life, and I have seen it. I know many of you have suffered so horribly. And I can tell you, I pray for many of you so often that your circumstances would change for you. But above and beyond your circumstances changing, I pray that the Holy Spirit helps you to see how God is there for you. And do you know what the result is? I see tremendous joy on your face, regardless. And when you really get to know God, regardless of your circumstances. And sometimes that takes a lot of digging because the circumstances are pretty painful. But I know for, for sure God has things to say about parenting, about financing, or our finances, about suffering, about anger and loneliness. He tells us how to handle those things. But many of us may not know it because we've never searched it out in his word. But it's there. Excuse me, sorry. Um, there really isn't anything that we need in this life that his word doesn't cover. And the reason it's there is because he knows he gave us this reticular activating system that when we dig into his word, it lights our world up and it shows us Exactly what he wants for each one of us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Make sure. Please pay attention to this statement. Make sure that you are training 
your reticular activating system with the truths of God's word. That's what changes your life. Not just positive thinking. Oh my goodness. I remember, was it Norman Vincent Peale that said, the power of positive thinking? Well, there's some truth in that because you think positive. But it's not the answer for a life with difficult circumstances. It's not the answer for a life with good circumstances. What brings us the good life is when we understand what God is saying to each one of us. He can help us out of the worst troubles in our lives. I want to leave you with these thoughts this morning. And I know many of you thought that I was going to go on for an hour, and I could have. Except God brought me in. He reined me in. I had five different messages I wanted to share with you, and I knew I couldn't do it in a half an hour. But this is... Excuse me. These are the thoughts I want to leave you with. We have a great God. If you don't know that, then you're not choosing to find out. His word spells it out for us so clearly. We have a great Savior. We have a great Counselor. And as we believe and apply the principles that he's given us in his word... We can have a great life, regardless of the circumstances that we may be in the midst of right now. Excuse me. I shouldn't have got teary-eyed because now my nose is dripping. I apologize. Okay. So, would you join me in prayer, please? Father, I ask you in the very beginning of this message to give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what you have for each one of us personally. Father, I pray that you will help each of us to leave this place this morning being reminded that you are a great God. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, your word says, <clears throat> excuse me, that you know the plans that you have for each one of us, Lord, each one of us. And they're plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. And Father, today, I know there are people here that need to know the hope that your spirit provides for each one of us. Sometimes it doesn't change our circumstances. We need to use the resources that are available to us to maybe change our our circumstances. But usually, that happens when we apply your word, Father. It changes our, our life. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Please, Lord, let us go and apply what you want each of us to apply in our lives today. Help us to never forget that we can train our reticular activating system in our brain that you, almighty God, have given us. We can train it to see what a great God, what a great Savior, what a great Counselor there is for our lives. And you, Lord, desire nothing more than to give us the great life. I thank you, Father, for these people that are here this morning that will hear these words, that have heard these words. And, Father, I do pray diligently that those that need it would go and apply that to their circumstances, training their reticular activating system in your word because you are the one that gives us hope. And I thank you for that this morning, Father. Amen. Worship team wants to come up and... I'm good.